Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. Open our mind and our heart that we might understand, so that we will turn to you and live. Be imitators of God. That is a tall order, isn't it? In some way, every day of our life since we have been baptized, since we have been embraced by the kingdom of Christ, since the love of God has been our center story, ever since that day, whether we recognize it or not, all of our Christian teaching, all of our hearing of the scriptures, all of our prayers, all of our following has been an attempt to try to be an imitator of God. The scripture that we hear today is a peculiar word to a peculiar people. This is not general wisdom for the world. This is straight instructions for those who have said yes to the kingdom of God and have set out on this long path of learning what it means to follow Jesus and be like the God who was revealed to us in a Jesus crucified and raised from the dead. And Ephesians is chock full of this theme. At the beginning of chapter 4, Paul says, we're to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received in Christ. Just before the reading we had today, the scripture says we are to put off the old self. And this is baptismal language. That in the old ways of baptism, they would take off their old clothes and they would put on a new robe and they would be baptized. That we were to put off the old self and to put on the new self created to be like God. The stunning reality is that you have been named by Jesus Christ, have already been created to be like God. And then God tells us, do it. Imitate the one you have actually already been created to be like. Imitation to our ear may sound a little bit wrong. That may conjure up these images of having some kind of model that we're then just trying to somehow mimic and duplicate. That is not what the scripture is saying. Imitation in the scripture's sense is embodying in our own flesh Christ's own ways and actions because Christ, through the Holy Spirit, has actually filled us with Jesus' own life and love. We are not imitating some reality extrinsic to us. We are living out the reality the Holy Spirit is already making actual in us. So I wondered in the Ephesians passage today, and I think this isn't all you could say. You could comb through the scriptures in the myriad of ways that we flesh out or imitate the life of God in our own bodies. But what Paul tells us today is that we're supposed to speak the truth to our neighbors. 
You know, he doesn't say that we're supposed to maintain false niceness that drowns out the truth in some kind of congeniality. We're to speak the truth. God's people ought to be the people who are the very first to speak and cling to the truth. And maybe, you know, it's always been true, but how odd now is this word in our post-truth world to be people who live and hear and search after and speak the truth. Over the past year, and certainly before that, but in deepening ways over the past year, a number of us, especially those of us in the white community, we've had a good bit of truth spoken to us, haven't we? We've had to see things that maybe we didn't want to see. We've had to acknowledge realities that we would rather have ignored. But because we are the people of God and the God of truth, there's nothing to fear in the truth. Because the truth really does set us free. And speaking the truth, Paul um, wants to insist doesn't mean just saying words that are truthful but for it to be the truth it must be spoken in a truthful way these are the things that paul says not allowing unwholesome talk to come out of our mouths but only those things that build up even if the thing that builds up isn't easy getting rid of all bitterness rage and anger, all brawling and slander, and every form of malice, being kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God has forgiven you. Here's something that's true here. It was in the text that we read last week. It's true all through the scriptures. We cannot separate truth and the way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is not only the truth, he is the way you live the truth. The truth, when it's offered in a way that is not the truth, somehow ceases being the truth. In the same way that the truth without love is not truth, as we talked about last week, and love without the truth actually ceases to be love. There is a way of speaking truth that is life-giving and wholesome and true, even if it's difficult and hard and straight. And there's a way of speaking something that would be truth that is lost because we do not do it in the way of Jesus. In Dr. King's last uh, book, Where Do We Go From Here? You see this a lot. And it's kind of stunning. And when you go back and hear his speeches and his talks, his other writings, you see this theme all throughout. This language of the sickness of racism, the cancer of racism. I think he'd be quite comfortable with his saying the sickness and the cancer of white supremacy. What was remarkable about Dr. King is though how he would says that what he was doing was fighting for all of us to be cured and healed. 
for the black community to be liberated from oppression and for the white community to be healed of our sickness. So if imitating God has a lot to do with how we speak the truth in our world, then it's no surprise that God has something here to say about anger. And it seems like Paul assumes there's going to be some anger. In your anger, he says, don't give way to sin. There are some things worth feeling anger about. There is in the scripture a righteous anger. But we also have to be honest that here in Ephesians, Paul has a whole lot to say about our anger. And he's very concerned that our anger can lead us to sin. It can, as Paul says, give Satan a stronghold. Our version of anger unleashes human wrath, retaliation, and self-righteousness rather than being an agent of God's transformative healing. James says that human anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. All of our speaking, all of our work, all of our hope, all of our justice making, all of our repentance, all of our confession, all of our owning of our individual and corporate sin is possible because we are imitating the Jesus who has already stepped into the middle of our very worst evil and forgiven us. And this is precisely the word that Paul offers us. Be imitators of God. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ in God has forgiven you. And the remarkable word is Jesus hanging on the cross, praying forgiveness for the very ones who had hung him there. I said all of that because the scripture offered it to us, but I really wanted to get to this. That all of this, all of these words is all happening in the context of prayer. Immediately after this is when Paul says that we are to speak to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That we are to always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul is talking about prayer. What I think would be good for us to do today is to create some space for the next minutes to pray together. And Brendan, if you want to come on up. <clears throat> We'd like to give some space um, at this microphone for those of you who would like to come and pray a prayer. And there's lots of different ways this prayer could look, and I'm not going to tell you what it needs to look like, except for to say, pray the truth. And in the litany that we pray today from Psalm 130, that first line, the, the psalmist said, God, I'm going to pray out of the depths. 
the realities that we have experienced together have taken a number of us to some depths. And I'm going to invite you to pray from that place. Prayers out of the depths are honest. They are not always pretty. Speaking or praying the truth, just like doing the truth, it's not always pretty. A prayer might be a lament. It might be a sorrow, a grief. We can even hear Paul's words and still echo the Psalms, which express anger. (laughs) Dr. Johnny Ray Youngblood, I heard him preach a couple years ago, and he says, your prayers in anger are in some form a prayer. At least God gets your attention. So... I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer of hope, a prayer of faith, a prayer of renewal, a prayer of lament, a prayer with questions, whatever is out of the depths and offer truthfully to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.